A few years ago in Monroe, Utah, the San Juan Broncos, a high school basketball team, came to town to play the South Sevier Rams. In Utah, basketball is hugely popular, even high school girls basketball. So the stands were full. The Broncos trailed by one late in the game. The gym was rocking. So coach called a timeout. She pointed at a sweaty, panting Kiwana dish face and said, give the ball to Q. And Q, play like you do back home. Kiwana was confused. Back home was the nearby Navajo Nation, where they play a very different style of basketball, a style her coach had actually forced her to unlearn, to fit in. Kiwana already stood out like a sore thumb on her team. She'd arrived at San Juan High just a few months before, and from her very first game, she felt like she didn't belong. It started when her coach subbed her in for a white teammate. Her parents were furious. They were like, how come you're subbing in a girl of color for my daughter? What? They said that? Yeah. Kiwana's parents had warned her this might happen. I didn't really get it until I went to school off the reservation. And now coach wanted her to stand out again by playing something called res ball, an intense kind of basketball you usually only see on the reservation. Kiwana took a breath, caught the inbound ball, and dribbled fast up the court. This is Homemade, an original podcast by Rocket Mortgage about the meaning of homes and what we can learn about ourselves in them. I'm Stephanie Fu. The Navajo Nation is the largest Native American territory in the U.S. It extends across parts of Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah, and is home to 318 reservations. Kiwana Dishface grew up in Montezuma Creek in the southeastern corner of Utah near the Arizona border, a town of just 800 people right near the San Juan River. You see sagebrush, you see tumbleweeds, you might even see a coyote, an eagle. We're the guests there. The animals are there, and that's their home, and we're just welcomed in it. But Kiwana didn't always feel welcome in her home. Her parents argued a lot. They were young. Kiwana's dad couldn't work because of a kidney problem. Money was tight. So she spent most of the time alone in her room. Sometimes she tried to intervene, but they would tell her to butt out. Kiwana's grandfather saw all of this happening, and he did what he could to help. He would roll up in his pickup truck, grab Kiwana, and take her into town or out for long drives. He was really the person who I went to for comfort, and he's a person that I really trusted. What was it about your grandfather that felt safe? Honestly, just his presence, just me knowing that he's there. He mostly spoke Navajo. And then the words that he said to me, Navajo, really just like warmed my heart and made me feel like I was safe with him. What was the favorite thing you would love to hear from him that made you feel special? He always used to say, meaning I love you, like my child, my baby. Um, that's basically the words that I loved to hear the most because it meant that someone was there. But then, Kiwana's grandfather died when she was in the first grade, and she went back to spending lots of time alone in her room until Kiwana discovered a basketball league at her school. Before that, when she was really young, she would jump the fence and play in the playground. Everyone did, her whole family and her friends. She could barely throw a ball up to the rim. It was fun and casual, something she calls family games. But this league was real basketball. Kiwana went around to the adults in her life, parents, grandparents, aunts, 
and cobbled together the $50 or so for the jersey and the enrollment fee. And then she went to her first official practice at the school gym, which wasn't really a gym. It was the cafeteria with the lunch tables cleared off and a couple of nets. This is where Kiwana learned to play. Um, They taught me fouling. They taught me how to dribble, how to run and dribble, how to pass. And how did it feel to be learning all of this? I remember just having adrenaline rushing through my veins. And I remember just hearing my own breath and feeling my own heartbeat. I don't know, like just, it was just really fun and having my friends there with me playing the same game. Yeah. Did you feel like you belonged right away? Yeah. Once I picked up a basketball and I once I realized that it's something that I want to do, it felt like my new safe zone, my new place, my new home. The basketball Kiwana learned isn't typical. The kids on your local basketball court most likely don't play this way. Most professionals don't either. This was res ball. Res ball is run and gun flashy basketball. You have to be sneaky. You have to be fast. Res ball is known for its improvisation, acrobatic style, barely controlled chaos. And then the flashy part of it is where you do all these crazy moves in order just to get one shot. If you dribble too much, there's a chance where the ball's going to get stolen because the defenders are just as fast as you. So you drive hard and shoot really quickly from anywhere. Unlike the emphasis on team play in the NBA or WNBA, individual play is the focus. Everyone's doing their own thing. Kiwana says that on the reservation, boys and girls often play together. And she told me in some ways, women are better at the game. And there's a definitely a different side of res ball with the women. It's obviously the same game, but I think that we're a little more aggressive than they are. <laughs> more aggressive. We're more, we're like, really? we're more aggressive than they are. And we're more sneaky than they are, too. We're obviously a lot smaller, so we have to figure out more ways to get around defenders and to shoot the ball. And it takes more strategy rather than strength. Before it was ever called res ball, Native women played basketball on the reservation. In the late 1800s, when modern basketball was created, a Native woman named Josephine Langley taught Native girls in Montana and Idaho how to play. That spread to many other nations in Kansas and Oregon. And while Native people suffered racism off the court, they dominated on the basketball court. The Fort Shaw women's team from Montana became world champions at the St. Louis World's Fair in 1904. And in 1997, Rineldi Besenti became the first Native American woman to play in the WNBA. Many others followed. Resball has received a lot of media coverage lately. Big newspaper features, documentaries, TV shows, and books. But Kiwana didn't know anything about all that when she played in elementary school. She just knew she liked how the game made her feel. She says she got better with each game, and her team kept winning. So how is somebody seen in your community if they're really good at basketball? They are seen as role models to many, many kids, maybe to some even like a superhero. Even as a young kid, Kiwana became one of those role models. Everyone in town knew about her skills. They stopped her in the street to give her love or ask for the team's schedule. Or, hey, I'm coming to your game. Do you need anything? Do you need any water? Yeah, it definitely gave me a boost of confidence. It made me realize that I'm playing this game for more than just me now. I'm playing for other people to watch. I'm playing for other people to see me succeed. Playing for a lot of people. Kiwana says the whole community turned out for games. People who worked at the gas station in the school, neighbors, her parents, other kids' parents, everyone she knew, cheering them on. 
I love that. Everybody coming out for an elementary school game. They must have thought you guys were so cute. Who plays basketball on the reservation? Everybody. Everybody does. Why basketball more than any other game, do you think? I think it's part of the media. Like you see Stephen Curry, Kyrie Irving. And so everybody on the reservation are kind of like dreamers. You're like, one day I'm going to be that guy. Or you even dream for somebody else. Like, yeah, they have potential. One day that's going to be them. When she was a kid, Kiwana started following the WNBA. Star players like Skylar Diggins and Diana Taurasi. And then she came across the Schimmel sisters. Shoni was a college standout at Louisville who went pro and who grew up with her sister Jude, also a pro on the Umatilla Reservation in Oregon. And they weren't the only ones. Unlike Native men who tend to get college scholarships, Native women are more likely to go pro. Some people see basketball as a, as a way out. I personally didn't see it as a way out until I realized the potential basketball had. So why did you want to get off the reservation? There are very, very limited opportunities on the reservation. There's not a lot there that's literally just dirt and rocks and landscape. So school is off the reservation. Big things that you want to do are off the reservation. You might get lucky and get a job like at the local gas station. But if you want a good job or if you want a respectable pay, you might have to travel an hour out to the outskirts of the reservation. After Kiwana's first season at Montezuma Creek Elementary, the team threw a little basketball banquet. At the banquet, someone told Kiwana that their daughter had just received a volleyball scholarship to college. And that's when I was like, okay, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And that was the moment where I realized, oh yeah, basketball is more than just you playing with friends outside. I remember going back to school and looking up like the WNBA or the NBA, and I, I looked at the pay, I looked at how they got there. And then I started talking to more people like my coach. And she was like, yeah, you can definitely go to college playing basketball if you keep trying. Kiwana always wanted to go to college. In first grade, she told her class she was going to go to Harvard. Now, at the end of middle school, she realized basketball was her ticket, Harvard or otherwise. And she knew it meant leaving the reservation. Kiwana felt her local high school didn't have the right resources. But the closest other school to Kiwana's reservation was San Juan High School in Blanding, Utah, a 45-minute drive from Montezuma Creek by car, 90 if you take the bus. Did you get um, crap from anybody in your community about going, or were, was everyone just supportive? They were like, how come we went to Blanding when the White Horse High School is down the street from your house? Oh, come on, let's take our team to state and things like that. But I was like, but it's my choice. I want to go. It's what I want to do. But going off the res wasn't easy. At San Juan, Native American kids were in the minority. On top of that, she didn't know her way around. She couldn't find classrooms. It's almost like the beginning of a teen movie where the new kid comes to school and has to find their way in with the cool kids. In this case, that problem was amplified because she was Dina. Navajo people call themselves Dina. They're just different to go to school with like a more diverse place. Sometimes the, the white kids wouldn't sit by me or they wouldn't talk to me, or they wouldn't, they just wouldn't treat me the same as they would treat their own friends. And so I felt like a little, I don't know, overwhelmed by the way they acted towards me. She eventually hooked up with some other Native students, but 
Still, this was a very different foreign place. So when she signed up for the basketball team, Kiwana assumed she would reconnect with her safe zone. At this new school, did they play differently than your old school? Yeah, it was definitely different. They told me that I kind of had to, like, slow it down a little bit and that I needed to just have more control of my blade. Kiwana was told to stop playing res ball. Instead, she had to learn traditional basketball, play rotation on offense, dribble, pass, move, then get back into his own defense. Structured ball. Team ball. Kiwana says she learned it quickly, but the slower pace was frustrating, even boring. So on weekends, she continued playing res ball tournaments at home. Do they feel different? They definitely feel different. It just feels like a big family playing a game. That's literally what it feels like. They make, like, Navajo foods, like Navajo tacos, Navajo burgers. They feel like a safe place to be. But then, come Monday, it was back to school off the res. And that's when, partway through her very first game, some parents went nuts asking the coach why she took their daughter out and replaced her with a Navajo girl. The coach, a white woman, stepped in for Kiwana. She's like, she's one of the best players here. I'm not just going to bench her. Like, if you want to win games, I'm going to put her in. And that's my job, is to win games. My job is to teach these girls, but I'm not going to teach them to be prejudiced towards somebody's skin color. And at the middle school, nobody really tried out for basketball or sports because of that reason. But once they saw that I was doing it, it brought in more people of color to come play. That's awesome. So you were, like, literally a role model. Yeah. I didn't really look at it that way, but yeah. But that turned out to be just the tip of the racism. So one time I remember somebody coming up to me and saying, my mom said I can't play with you because all your family does is drink. And I was like, what? I was like, you don't know anything about my family and I don't know anything about yours. So why are you judging my family off of hearsay and stereotyping? And they were like, I don't know. That's what my mom said. They had the nerve to say that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of thing can kill the spirit. Here she was, an athlete, a student at a strange school, dealing with these massive issues of race and class. And during it, she had to live up to her responsibility as a role model, a representative for her entire people wherever she went. And Kiwana was only 14. How did you feel when all of this was going down? The thing my grandma used to say is just use your words. They're going to remember your words more than they remember a punch. They're going to remember your words more than they remember anything physical you do to them. What words did you use to stick up for yourself? Mm, I used to give them kind gestures like, hey, I don't appreciate it when you do this. Or, hey, I don't understand why you do this. Can you just tell me why? And then when I asked them why, that's the word that kind of tripped them up. Because sometimes they didn't even know why, they just did it. Kiwana shrugs off her ability to defy racist stereotypes with such ease. It's more like she's swatting away an opponent's shot. But Kiwana is fighting against centuries of institutional racism and trauma. It's incredible that her power and talent is so undeniable that it can transcend all of that and demand absolute respect. But nobody should have to do what Kiwana is doing. Nobody should have to earn the right to be treated like a human being. Further into the season, the San Juan Broncos were in Monroe playing that game against South Sevier High School. They were down by one, 
late in the game, and Kiwana was huddled with her teammates in a timeout. My coach looked at me, and she was like, "Okay, I want you guys to give the ball to Q." And I looked at her, and I was like, "What do you, like like What do you mean?" And she was like, "I've seen you play, and I know that under pressure, your instincts kick in, and you just know what to do." When she said, "I've seen you play," coach wasn't referring to Kiwana's games at San Juan. She meant on the reservation. Coach was slipping into her res ball tournaments to watch her play. She'd be so sneaky, and I just wouldn't see her. Like I would think I saw her, and then I'd look back, and then it wasn't her, and I was like, "What?" And now, Coach was giving Kiwana permission to forget playing traditional ball and bring her res game. So the whistle blew, and there was time for one last drive. Kiwana got free and started racing up the court. And I remember I shot the basketball and I made it. Now her team was one point ahead. In making the shot, Kiwana was fouled hard. That meant two free throws. Kiwana walked to the line, and the whole crowd was silent, and the whole court was empty, and everyone was just watching. Just took a couple of deep breaths, and I did my free throw routine, and then I shot, and I made it. And I ended up making both of them. And then I remember the whole crowd was screaming. Uh, my bench was cheering. My parents were cheering, and the buzzer rang. And then we ended up winning the game. Kiwana was a superhero. I think I was one of like the key moments or the key person that helped change the perspective of the community because I know a lot of people they didn't like Native Americans. But then as I started to excel more in basketball and school and they saw my name in the newspaper sometimes, I got the whole community supporting me. And, and I definitely could see the change from when I first went there to when I left and to this day. Did some of the parents take back what they said? Did you get apologies? What happened? Um, I never actually got an apology. But my grandma also said that actions tell more than words. So um, they used to buy me Gatorade before games. They used to invite me into their homes. Who? The white parents? Yeah, the parents. And that's when I realized, oh, they are changed. They aren't the person that said those things to me before. What about, I mean, that's a great example from a white person. Do you have an example from a Native person who's younger than you or what, whoever who's coming up and saying, like, you know, you changed something big for me? So my eighth grade year, there was a, her name's Serena Williams. And then um, wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's her name. Her name's Serena Williams. And then uh, my other friend is Brittany Lansing. I, w- I was a junior in high school and they were freshmen and they actually came talk to me and they were like, you know what, cute? Thank you. And I was like, for what? And they're like, you changed basketball at the middle school. She's like, now anyone can try out and anyone can go. And then people actually come to our games. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I just told them that if they want to do something, what's holding them back anyways? Kiwana went on to be a standout at San Juan High, playing regular ball but holding a bit of res ball in reserve for clutch moments. Scouts came to watch Kiwana play at both the high school and on the res. More than a few. And they offered her scholarships to leave home for real. And so when you decided that, what was the conversation with your family like? It's actually really sweet and simple. It was like, if you want to go, go. The home is always going to be here. And just don't get homesick because we're always going to be here and nothing's going to change. That's really sweet. She was successfully recruited by Springfield Technical Community College, an hour away from Boston and a long, long way from Utah. 
when I was younger, I remember telling myself that if I get the opportunity, I'm going to go to the one that's farthest away from home. Really? Why? Um, I just wanted to see what the world was like. I wanted to travel to see just different things that I'm not used to seeing. If I'm far from home and I get used to it, I won't miss home as much. Have you gotten homesick? Um, not really. Kiwana's first season at college started in the fall of 2021. When I spoke to her, she was just settling into a house she was sharing with seven other teammates. And so this is like my part of the bed. And then this is just like all my shoes. <laughs> I have a lot. And then that's, I'm still getting wardrobe, so I just use a shelf for her now. And the shoes are in a place of honor. She hadn't yet visited the Basketball Hall of Fame, which just so happens to be in Springfield. Nice shot. On the court, Kiwana's making an impact right away. Oh, layups. Left hand reverse. She was named co-captain as a freshman. Jumper! Oh, shoot. The coach was impressed with her leadership skills and diplomatic abilities. He says she'll be a good influence on all of the student-athletes at the school. And Kiwana is playing more of that res ball style that she did at San Juan. You know, be competitive, play good defense, box out, outlet pass, go to the basket. My coach realized it, and he was like, you know what, I want to keep doing what you're doing. And I said, okay, like, I'll, I'll keep doing it. I felt like that it's just bringing something from home and showing people here what it is. And my coach actually right now is asking me, he's like, do you know any other basketball girls down there that are good? Because I want to recruit them. There you are. You're opening the door again. Yeah, I, I can think of a couple off the top of my head right now. And he was like, yeah, it's an untouched place and nobody really knows. What do you think your grandpa would think about you and everything you've accomplished? I think he's definitely proud. He's someone that always prayed for me to be this way. He's someone that always really wanted me to move mountains and be who I am. So I think all those prayers that he said are finally coming true and they're helping me to this day. Mm. If you could imagine him saying something to you now, what do you think he would say? I think he'd just tell me to keep moving forward, to keep pursuing what I want to pursue and just keep pushing. And he's just always going to be there behind me to help me. While she plays for Springfield, Kiwana dreams of moving to an NCAA Division I school where the game is tougher, then maybe the WNBA. If that doesn't happen, she has another dream, to run her own aquarium. Her degree is in marine biology, and she wants to teach people to respect and protect marine life in the same way she was taught to respect wildlife back home on the res. It's a big ask, but I've got no doubt that she'll be able to convince people to do it. That seems to be Kiwana's real talent, after all carving out space and attention for the more vulnerable, and leading the way for the next generation. You've been listening to Home Made by Rocket Mortgage. My name is Stephanie Fu. You can reach us at rocketmortgage.com slash homemade. Thanks for listening. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumerAccess.org, number 3030.